Welcome to the Prodigal Souls Faith-Based Mental Health and Fitness Ministry Podcast, where our goal is to provide resources to the local community to help promote suicide and substance abuse prevention. I'm your host, Ford Henley. In today's podcast, we will revisit last week's Soul Fuel Saturday speaker, Jeff McDonald of Impact Dermal Coast. Let's listen in now. I apologize for any audio issues. chance to meet me but um you know I'm from Birmingham Alabama originally grew up in a home uh, where my parents divorced at, at three years old um stayed wound up living with my mother um so I was uh getting ready to go into seventh grade uh during age three to that time I grew up in a home with a mother that was uh, addicted to narcotic drugs painkillers and mm-hmm. uh so those years were very interesting for me, um, kind of helped me see a, a lot of what I didn't want in my life in the future. Um, drug abuse can have a tremendous impact on an individual and those around them, a lot of collateral damage. And me and my brother, my younger brother, unfortunately, was collateral damage um, in and out of a few foster homes during those years, mm-hmm. uh, children's homes, actually. Um, when I say foster homes, they were actually friends of family, mm-hmm. uh, friends of mine. Uh, fifth grade, for instance, I wound up moving in for half a school year with a friend of mine in my fifth grade class. His family took me in because I'd already missed um, almost enough days to fail me. Mm-hmm. For fifth grade, my mother just couldn't get me to school. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just not well. And, you know, so the mental health aspect I've experienced uh, my mother suffered from depression. That's what led her to her drug addiction. And it was something that unfortunately she could never really overcome. I moved here when I was in seventh grade, went to prior middle school right across the street. And, uh, you know, it was a neat opportunity for me because when I lived in Birmingham, Alabama, I was always the token white kid in the low rental income neighborhoods because we were very poor. And, um, at school and where I lived in Birmingham, Alabama, um, if you were a white kid living in a predominantly black neighborhood, you know, they had all kind of creative names for you and got picked on on a regular basis. I wore the same clothes to school most every day. People noticed that and decided that they would make it known to everyone else. So I went through a lot during those years. Uh, moving here, um, I lived with my father who was, you know, a part of my life before I came here, maybe a week or two out of the year, because um, I would visit him every now and then. You know, my father did his, I won't say his best, but did enough to kind of make sure I had some of the things I needed, although he wasn't with me. But, you know, my father and other family members knew the circumstances I was growing up in, but never did anything to get me out of that. The only way I got out of it is I was here visiting during the summer before seventh grade. My grandmother calls my dad from Birmingham, Alabama, and says his mother's back in the hospital. She tried to overdose. He needs to stay there with you. So that's how I became a uh, Floridian. (laughs) And uh, so moving here with my dad, you know, my dad was just a a neat guy. He was uh, very much about Jerry McDonald at that time. Uh, 
you know, I was here and it was a better life for me because at least I knew that when I left school in the morning, I had, you know, a decent set of clothes to wear. Um, I'm, maybe I wouldn't get made fun of. I knew that I went home in the afternoon that um, there was going to be a roof over my head. My dad was a very hardworking individual, sold cars here in the community for many years. Um, and prior to becoming a Floridian, um, home was not always guaranteed. Uh, I could come home and we would be getting kicked out of low rental income housing. Like, how do you do that, right? <laughs> but we found a way. Um, bills didn't get paid. I'd come home from school and our furniture would be in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, just all sorts of warm fuzzies as a child, right? But, um, you know, all during that time, though, I could point back and I can look and see where God was protecting me and keeping me safe to an extent to where I could get here and I could have a little bit more um, of a firmer foundation, if you will. You know, um, So just having that security, you know, knowing that I had clothes on my back, a roof over my head and food in my belly meant everything. So I was able to kind of recreate my life a little bit. Went through middle school and high school over there at Choctaw. Um, really helped to continue to shape who I was as an individual. In high school, I became a Christian at age 16. Um, I went to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting and uh, stepped into a relationship with God at a meeting one night and uh, changed my life in a big way. Um, so really, just to, I'll, I'll skip over a whole lot of stuff, okay, just to get us here and, and why I started Impact Emerald Coast. You know, I mentioned that I was a youth minister for 12 years. Y'all know that very well. Um, here in the local community um, and then something happened in my life back around 2010 2011 it was time to transition out of that role and I was left wondering what now um, I was stepping out of a career that I was comfortable with I did very well and that I enjoyed you know there were challenges like I mentioned before but the benefits far outweighed the challenges and that I was involved on a daily basis loving and caring for students whether that was hanging out at Choctaw with the football or basketball team or just students in general um, or if that was them coming to the church to hang out in our youth room and play video games and, and feed them some pizza something like that so um, I loved every minute of that um, the interaction I had with the students so when I left that it, it broke my heart and going back into the business world I'm now a mortgage loan originator with Prime Lending here in Shalimar, um, I struggled kind of finding my way uh, because I missed the involvement with students. I missed having an impact. I still had little things that I did. I was the chaplain for Choctaw's football team, and I was supporting some other groups in the community, um, but I needed more. And so one day, I'm sitting in the living room going through Facebook, and I see uh, that a young lady that I went to high school with at Choctaw's little boy was diagnosed with neuroblastoma and he was uh, under 10 years of age. He was almost like seven, eight years old and it was terminal. Um, but I looked at that and I thought, you know, look at my wife, what could we do to make a difference? How could we help them? Because I couldn't imagine what it's like having to live with the truth and knowledge that your child will eventually no longer be walking, living, and breathing on this earth. And I thought, how could we do something as a community, um, starting with the McDonald family, that could maybe just 
give them a day where we take the burden off of them a little bit. So we came up with an idea to start an event called Hoops for Hope. Um, because I thought, what could I do that could help raise some money to help this family pay some medical bills and just give them an opportunity to see the communities behind them? So we did it. Hoops for Hope. Very first one was across the street. Mm-hmm. Choctaw High School. It's just a basketball game that featured alumni like me who played basketball at Choctaw mm-hmm. and guys much better than me from Choctaw and Fort Walton Beach. And uh, we had an event. It was an alumni game. We promoted the heck out of it. People from all over Fort Walton Beach and the local area would come, and we filled up half the gym the first year, which I was pleased with. We raised about $9,000. The next time we would do it, we would raise um, $12,000, and our numbers grew. We filled the gym up like a traditional Choctaw Fort Walton Beach basketball game. It was almost standing room only, and uh, we were able to help a local family that had a young man that was battling lymphoma who was a boys and girls club kid mm-hmm. and someone that we love very dearly. And um, he's doing better today, but it was just an opportunity that we couldn't pass up to start making a difference again in this community. And so with that, we thought there's probably more that we could do, right? Mm-hmm. And so we came up with other ideas and uh, we started an event called Kids with Confidence. Kids with Confidence is where we take um, 20 children from a local elementary school, and we partner them up with 20 young people from one of our local high schools. Last year, we started our very first one at Kenwood Elementary. We asked the staff to get together with their, some of their student council and target or, you know, look for 20 children in the school from kindergarten to fifth grade that, that they knew had a great need. And they needed a little bit of a boost. They needed Mm -hmm. to know that someone loves them, that someone cares about them, that they are not going unrecognized. And obviously these children had needs because they're wearing the same clothes every day. Mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with that and the impact that that can have on your mental health as a child. You begin to feel like you're nothing. And I wanted to take those children and buy them some clothes. So we did that. We went to Nike off of money that was donated. We had every student donated at a level of $150. And we went and we bought them with great discounts from our friends at Nike and, and uh, Sandesson. We got three outfits for every kid, and we got each kid a brand new pair of tennis shoes. And it was amazing. We spent a day with them. Uh, we had local students, you know, the high school kids, hanging out and mentoring these little guys and girls. And we took them to a salon. And a barber shop, we got their hair all fixed up and cleaned up. Um, we even had one kid that wanted a mohawk, and his parents said it was okay. So he got a barber shop quality faux hawk, if you will. It was a, it was it was awesome. And um, so we fed them, took them to play, and it had a tremendous impact not only on those kids, but on the the young people from Choctaw High School from the leadership program. And that's our goal, really, as Impact Emerald Coast, is that. That was a great talk by Jeff. I uh, apologize that it was cut up, cut a little short. The audio file disc uh, filled up unexpectedly. Uh, you can learn more about what Jeff does at impactamercoast.com. You can also donate, purchase any of their stuff, and learn more about what they do to impact youth in our community. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, share, and review our podcast. You can learn more about what we do at Prodigal Souls by visiting ProdigalSouls.com. You can also help support our ministry by purchasing something through our web store or contributing on our website under the Give tab. We hope you have a good week and we will see you again.